0: afternoon. I'd like to call the July 12th, 2022 meeting of the PUC to order. Madam Secretary, please call the roll. President Moran. Here.
1: Vice President John is excused from today's meeting. Commissioner Maxwell. Here. Commissioner Paulson. Here. And we have a quorum. This meeting is being held in person at San Francisco City Hall room 400 as authorized by the California Government Code section 54953E and Mayor Breed's 45th supplement to our February 25th, 2020 emergency proclamation. I would like to remind all individuals present and attending the meeting in person today that all health and safety protocols and building rules must be adhered to at all times. Hand sanitizer stations are available throughout the building and masks are available upon request at any of the city hall entrances. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. For each item, the commission will take two minutes of public comment. First, from those attending the meeting in person, and then from those attending the meeting remotely, members of the public may provide remote public comment by dialing 1-415-655-0001, meeting ID 24921854750 pound pound, and pressing star three to raise your hand to speak. Please note that you must limit your comment to the topic of the agenda item being discussed, unless you are speaking under general public comment and remind you if you do not stay on the topic, the chair can interrupt and ask you to limit your comment to the agenda item. We ask that public comment be made in a civil and respectful manner and that you address your remarks to the commission as a whole, not to individual commissioners or staff. On behalf of the commission, I would like to extend our thanks to SFGTV staff and SFPUC IT staff for their assistance during this meeting. If you've not already done so, please silence your electronic devices. I'd also like to announce that item 10 has been removed from the agenda today and will be rescheduled to the meeting of August 23rd. Mr. President.
0: Thank you. And before calling the first item, I would like to announce that the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission acknowledges that it owns and are stewards of the unceded lands located within the the ethno-historic territory of the Muwekma Ohlone tribe and other familial descendants of the historic federally-recognized Mission San Jose Verona Band of Alameda County. The SFPUC also recognizes that every citizen residing within the Greater Bay Area has and continues to benefit from the use and occupation of the Mwakma tribes or Aboriginal lands since before and after the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission's founding in 1932. It is vitally important that we not only recognize the history of the tribal lands on which we reside But also, we acknowledge and honor the fact that the Muwekma Ahlone people have established a working partnership with the SFPUC and are productive and flourishing members within the many greater Bay, San Francisco Bay Area communities today. Madam Secretary, please call the first item.
1: First item is item three, adopt renewed findings under state urgency legislation to allow hybrid in-person meetings during the COVID-19 emergency and direct the Commission Secretary to agendize a similar resolution at a commission meeting within the next 30 days.
0: And public comment, please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of remote public comment on item three, please press star three to raise your hand to speak. Do you have any members of the public present who wish to provide comment on item three? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, are there any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers.
0: Thank you.
1: Thank you, public comment on item three is closed.
0: Thank you. Commissioners, any comments on item 3? If not, uh, could I have a motion and a second?
1: Move to approve.
0: Second. Moved and seconded. Roll call, please. Commissioner Moran? Aye.
1: Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Paulson? Aye. You have three ayes.
0: And item 3 passes. Next item, please.
1: Item 4 is approval of the minutes of June 28, 2022.
0: Okay. Is there any discussion, additions, or corrections to the minutes? Seeing none, public comment please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of remote public comment, specifically on item four, the approval of the minutes, please press star three to raise your hand to speak. Do have any members of the public present who wish to provide comment on item number four? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, do you have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers in the queue.
1: Thank you, public comment on item four is closed.
0: Thank you, commissioners, any any additional comments or questions? Seeing none, a motion and a second, please. Moved to
1: approve.
0: Second. Moved and seconded, roll call. President Moran. Aye.
1: Commissioner Maxwell. Aye. Commissioner Paulson. Aye. And you have three ayes.
0: And the minutes are approved. Uh, next item,
1: please. Next item is item five, general public comment. Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of general public comment on matters that are within the commission's jurisdiction and are not on today's agenda, please press star three to raise your hand to speak. Do you have any members of the public present who wish to provide general public comment? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, do you have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, we have four callers in the queue. Thank you. Caller number one, go ahead, you have two minutes.
3: Uh, I'm Dave Warner from Palo Alto. Uh, thank you for your service. We're lucky to have you as commissioners. To my knowledge, we've stopped receiving updates on the Bay Delta plan negotiations, which used to be a regular item on the agenda. I think we've learned that our need for water and storage is not as great as we thought four years ago, if for no other reason than for our demand projections declining from what they were. Uh, I, of course, think between lower demand, the rareness of the design drought, and possibly earlier flows helping our water rights due to global warming, that we can support the Bay Delta plan flows today, but some don't hold that view. What would be frustrating to me would be that we decide we have substantial amount of unneeded water in storage, maybe not enough to meet the Bay Delta plan flows, but substantial. So in the spirit of doing the right thing, we decide to release our extra water down the river, but because the Bay Delta plan is still held up in litigation, the irrigation districts don't contribute proportionally. So we release some of our extra water, but the irrigation districts would not release any more of theirs. I continue to think that we're the big fish, so to speak, and that if the SFPC takes the lead in working with all parties in finding a creative solution, amazing things could happen. As we saw with the Northern Rivers, substantial funding could be involved, which could solve our alternative water supply challenge with our already high water rates. Please ask to resume getting regular updates on the Bay-Delta Plan negotiations. CEO of Sankula has asked several times that we get back to the negotiating table. It would be great to know what progress is being made.
2: Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next caller. I've opened your line. You have two minutes.
4: Hi. My name is Matt Parker. I'm a whitewater kayaker for 25 years, and I wanted to tell you guys how much I appreciate clothes on the Tuolumne River, and uh, in these days where We live in a country full of guns, and we have a mental health crisis. Um, When the human body is around a concentration of white water, it produces uh, serotonin in your brain, scientifically proven. So any chance we can get on white water and help the mental health of this country uh, is greatly appreciated. So any flows you guys can uh, keep giving us down the Tuolumne River and help the mental health crisis in this country is much appreciated.
2: Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next caller, you have two minutes.
5: Francisco de Costa, number one. Uh, I want to address community benefits. We need a hearing on community benefits. Yesterday, I had a meeting with some women from Hunters Point who are suffering are suffering from dire straits, food security and contamination and pollution. And here you commissioners are sitting on your fat ashes and doing nothing about it. Millions of dollars doled out, three hundred thousand dollar grants. We want a hearing on that. And I know y'all have now a deputy deputy general manager. You know, I want you to talk to him and now I'm asking you, sir, I want to talk to you face to face, and we can have that meeting at the contracting center. I want to give you details about the corruption that is still going on at SFPUC. And we need a hearing on what's happening at Yosemite, the Yosemite area with the fires. As I predicted, you are going to get fires that will overrun all of your operations <laughs> If not this year, the next year. And that all of y'all who think y'all are wise will learn that y'all haven't done right by the first people. Y'all have not done right by the first people. you have not done right by the 1st people you all stole the land, polluted the water, and now y'all are going to suffer the consequences. By getting back to community benefits, I would like to speak with the Deputy General Manager, I need only half an hour to pinpoint to him who fought for the community benefits and who is getting it while our children, our infants, our single mothers are suffering a new commission.
2: Sorry, caller, your time has expired. Next caller, you have two minutes. I have unmuted m- your line.
6: GOOD um, AFTERNOON, COMMISSIONERS AND CHAIRMAN. Uh, MY NAME IS NATHAN Wrangell. I'M uh, PRESIDENT OF CALIFORNIA OUTDOORS. I'VE uh, SPOKEN TO YOU A COUPLE OF TIMES OVER THE LAST FEW MONTHS. Uh, WE'RE a, uh, a NONPROFIT TRADE ASSOCIATION REPRESENTING COMMERCIAL OUTDOOR uh, PROVIDERS, INCLUDING THE OUTFITTERS ON THE Tuolumne RIVER. Um, AND I JUST WANT TO THANK YOU, uh, AS THE uh, EARLIER uh, INDIVIDUAL WHO WAS A BOATER, I WANT TO THANK YOU FOR THE CONTINUED uh, FLOWS THAT WE RECEIVE on that ON THAT RESOURCE. Um, your uh, your organization, the city, uh, has been a, a st- uh, you know has uh, basically provided for the uh, uh, you know the, the 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 environmental and societal and economic uh, uh, goodwill on that river, and uh, you know it's really important as I pointed out last time I uh, spoke with you. Uh, rivers are the uh, engines that drive economies through places like Grantland. Uh, uh, and excuse me, and, and other uh, communities across the state. So it's vitally important that we continue to have that dialogue and uh, the ability to take care of that resource. So for those reasons, I thank you again, and we look forward to continuing to work with you and your commission and uh, your uh, staff.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you for your comments. Madam Secretary, one more caller has joined the queue. Caller, go ahead. You have two minutes. Caller. Madam Secretary, there are no other callers in the queue.
1: Thank you. General public comment is closed.
0: Thank you. Uh, Next item, please.
1: Next item is item number six, communications.
0: Commissioners, any questions or comments on the communications that you have been provided? Seeing none, public comment, please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of remote public comment on item six communications, please press star three to raise your hand to speak. Do we have any members of the public present who wish to provide comment on item number six? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, do we have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, we have one caller in the queue. Thank you. Caller, go ahead. I have a minute your line. You have two minutes.
3: Uh, I'm Dave Warner from Palo Alto again. I'm one of the authors of a letter we sent you yesterday regarding comparing the urban water management plan demand projections to the finance projections. Uh, This is regarding item 6G. The letter that General Manager Herrera provided is impressive. It included a thoughtful discussion about the context for both sets of projections providing more transparency than one might've expected. My interpretation, the urban water management plan projections are likely high and the finance projections could be closer to the ultimate outcome and maybe on the low side. This information is quite useful. It gives all of stakeholders more of a common understanding of both the figures and possible outcomes. We now have a range to think about rather than just a view that the urban water management plan is an outside envelope for demand. Carrying this a step further, the chart in the letter indicates that demand projections for 2030 are likely to fall somewhere between 195 MGD based on the finance projections and 216 MGD based on the 2020 Urban Water Management Plan. This is great information for alternative water supply planning. To that end, our letter asked the SAPC to update the water supply needs chart with a third column. The chart currently has two columns, a column for the size of the water supply shortfall based on contracted obligations, and a column for the size of the water supply shortfall based on the 2020 Urban Water Management Plan. The third column would be the water supply shortfall based on the finance projection. I hope you'll do this. Uh, Thank you again, General Manager Herrera and staff for the excellent letter.
2: Thank you for your comments, Madam Secretary. Another caller has joined the queue. Caller, go ahead. You have two minutes.
7: Good afternoon, commissioners. This is Nicole Sankulabaska, CEO. I'm also speaking on the item report about water demand projections. I appreciate this report from Mr. Ritchie. I um, know this is something that um, the public has been asking you for. And um, I wanted to just add a few remarks based on it. First, as I've reported to you in the past, You know, BACU has been doing demand and population projections since uh, 2000. And our population projections have actually tracked very well with actual population um, uh, seen in the service area for the last 20 years, while admittedly um, both total demand and SFPC purchase projections um, have been off um and you know presumably because they've been impacted by things like covid several years of drought economic downturn things that are difficult to anticipate and certainly difficult to incorporate into demand projections Uh, this is one of the reasons we're doing our sensitivity analysis and I look forward to providing that information to you at the end of this calendar year in addition I know Mr. Ritchie has stated a few times that for San Francisco, the urban water management plans serve as the outer envelope for what you think demand projections are going to be. I would say that that is different in the service area. It differs by agency, uh, depending upon the sense of growth that's going on in that agency and the connection that the water supplier has to growth. And lastly, just importantly, there is a difference between total demand for the Bosca agencies and their purchase projections. Importantly, those agencies that have multiple supplies, um, you know, they have the ability to purchase more on any given year. And that may or may not equate to an increase in demand. Um, And I think that's something that is important for us not to forget as we look at this picture. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you for your comments. Madam Secretary, the call queue is clear.
1: Thank you. Public comment on item 6 is closed.
0: Uh, thank you. Commissioners, any further comments or discussion on these items? Seeing none, next item, please.
1: The next item is item 7, report of the general manager.
0: Um, first, we will have AGM Richie give us the drought conditions update.
8: Good afternoon, commissioners. Steve Ritchie, assistant general manager for water. If I can have the slides, please. So this will be a a brief update on the drought conditions. I will actually go through a number of the slides fast because they're not changing now in the summer. They're just the same and they're gonna look the same until October, November, Uh, but there are some things worthy of note uh, in there that I'll stop for. Uh, First, here is our reservoir storage level. Um, and the one thing mostly important to note here, or the two things, one, uh, both Hetchy and Cherry are very close to full. They did fill, uh, and they're down a little bit now, but they're still quite full. Uh, but Water Bank is down at about 40 percent. So basically, uh, our Water Bank account has been uh, decreased by about 60 percent. That's where the impact of the drought is showing up for, uh, for us. Uh, it doesn't show up in our drinking water reservoirs until very late in the drought. Uh, so that's where we're seeing the impact. So whenever, uh, I've ever said, you know, we're doing better than other people, that's a very low bar because some of the other people are doing so badly, but really the impact shows up, uh, in the, in the deficit in the water bank. Uh, and speaking to the other people, there they are, uh, where they, uh, particularly the, uh, you know, upper Sacramento river reservoirs are, are quite low. The, the two, uh, state water project and central Valley project reservoirs are quite low. Uh, the drought monitor hasn't changed. Uh, it's probably not going to change much, uh, again, as we go through the summer. Uh Hetch precipitation, as you can see, is a flat line, uh, and it will be a flat line probably until at least October. Uh, and the monthly just reflects the same thing. We had a few good months uh, and a lot of very low months. Uh, the same with the Bay Area, uh, although Uh, Again, I pointed this out before that the Bay Area, because of how much rain we got in October and December, the actual uh, year-to-date total is greater than the annual average. So we actually had a a, a wetter-than-average year in the Bay Area uh, watersheds, uh, which is an interesting thing that uh, uh, has done some good things for us. Uh, Snowpack is gone, melt has occurred, and we'll talk about that more later. Uh, the water available to the city is a little bit more than 200,000 acre feet this year, uh, which is more than it has been in recent years. Uh, and that again shows that this year water bank has recovered some, uh, which is really good as opposed to dropping like it did in the last uh, drought in consecutive years. So we're, we're, doing, we're doing better in terms of the sequence, uh, but we're far, we're far from out of the woods. Uh, and of course, the precipitation forecast shows uh, a lot of uh, no action in California, uh, large white spaces which delineate no storm activity. Um, the total deliveries uh, this is a slide I want to talk about a little bit uh, because the green line, as I've pointed out, is this year's demand, uh, and we want that number to stay uh, as low as it can below the yellow and purple lines, which represent calendar 19 and calendar 20 uh actually this last week literally the last week and i just saw the most recent data uh just that the meeting started uh was for 205 million gallons per day so it has dropped uh from where it was it started to tail off a little bit and then it's dropped some more down there uh down below the 210 line it's headed towards the orange line which is what I've been saying, that's where we need to get to if we want to have a, a good year in terms of uh, reduction in water use. Uh, so uh, this last week's news was, was better. We'll see how it uh, continues to go throughout the summer. Uh, the things I'm going to focus on now are what happened with the Upper 12 New River Ecosystem Program this year. As you'll recall, back early in May, I talked about what we planned to do uh, in terms of managing our runoff uh, from Hetch Hetchy because we did appear to have excess runoff coming in. Uh, and I said I would be back to say, what did we actually do? Uh, and this is that time where I want to talk about how we actually managed runoff uh, and did it successfully in terms of both accomplishing various ecological goals as well as filling the reservoir. Uh, and that's a tribute to the folks who operate the system up there. Oops, it got... Ah. There's one little button on here, you better not push. Uh, And so uh, what we really wanted to do is if we had excess water, we want to have a goal of filling some of the Pouponaut Valley ponds, particularly that large pond that shows in the top there with the big orange blob. Uh, And so basically that improves uh, habitat in um in, in the valley uh, in critical areas uh, really provides pond habitat which provides for a lot of insects and other things which you know feed up the food chain so it's really you know the kind of way you want you want to see a valley operate uh, but it needs to have some high peak flows to actually flood up those areas that allow them to to behave like that uh, so our goal here would be to take advantage of that and run down in excess of 4,000 cubic feet per second uh, to actually flood up those areas. Um, So this is our planned hydrograph. This is the way we planned for it. Our our planning graphs are always very nice and neat, uh, and the actuals always look a little different. Uh, So this shows, you know, a a 4,100 cubic feet per second uh, peak early in the period. That's what we called fill the north pond, uh, then tailing off uh, and flattening out for a while, uh, and then trying to make sure that we're uh, providing for appropriate flow regime uh, subsequent to that. Uh, So this is what we plan to do, uh, and this is what we did do. Uh, so you see here on about May 12th or so we had the peak release of actually in excess of 5,000 cubic feet per second uh, coming out of O'Shaughnessy Uh, that was a peak flow that was to flood the pooping Valley areas uh, and then dropping off down to about uh, 1,500 cubic feet per second uh, and then tailing off a little bit more beyond that uh, until we got to the period uh, of of early June when we actually did have some spill over the drum gates because Hetchechi was full and the drum gates were up, uh, but a little bit of water was spilling over, but not very much. So we really managed the ability to get water downstream when we had a lot of water uh, and not have too much left over when it came time for filling the reservoir. And this is shown as well on this slide, which demonstrates how Hetchechi was filled during this period. So you see in early May, uh, because of snow melt, uh, Hetch Hetchy storage was climbing up, uh, and then right about that time, May 12th, when we started to spill water uh, out of that uh, through the valves, uh, you can see that uh, the fill rate dropped off. You know, We stopped filling as much, uh, and then we started filling up again, uh, and again got to that peak just at about the right time in early June where uh, we had a little bit of spill over the drum gates but not very much. So overall in balance we accomplished those two goals, one of getting the, the high flow downstream, but two actually hitting the peak pretty much on the mark uh, in terms of filling the reservoir. And that's, that's how we like to operate to man- maximize the benefits of uh, the operation. Uh, so what did that mean downstream? Well, this is a view from uh, from near the dam, down the Pupinot Valley, showing the valley, and you can see there's a notch at the far end, which is where the valley kind of closes off as the Tweldeny River runs through it. Um, and I've highlighted where Pupinot Pond is actually in this bigger picture of the valley. Um, and you can see there, uh, the pond is kind of what looks like that deeper brown color. And that deeper brown color is, you know, shallow water and some moist ground there. And that's what we were trying to achieve there is, again, conditions that would promote biological activity, uh, that provide for uh, ecosystem benefits in terms of, uh, you know, small amphibians uh, and, you uh, um, and bats and, and various things like that that are part of the, the valley ecosystem there that we are really trying to support and so we'll be monitoring you know what actually occurred there and what biological conditions uh, have changed or, or or gotten you know some uh, some boost as a result of this over the next year or so uh, but here we actually accomplished the purpose uh... and then You know, filling that, it's not just the only thing we fill there. This is a view on the other side of the river, the south side of the river, where you see uh, this large ponded area here, which, again, is a smaller area, but it's another part of the valley that we're trying to use to manage the overall habitat there. Uh, So, again, to to wrap up, uh, you know, the drought conditions are are about the same. Uh, Nothing has really changed there very much, Uh, but in terms of how we operated the system to get to, uh, fill of the reservoir and manage spill down through the valley. Uh, we have a good successful year and I'd be happy to answer any questions.
0: Thank you. Any questions or comments from Mr. Ritchie? Commissioner Maxwell.
9: Well, there was one, um, an inspection by the DOS or, um, department of what I think it was D O S it was on one of the slides. Um,
3: uh, department. I, it down, but a,
9: I didn't write it down fast enough. Um, anyway.
8: It's well, D, yeah, Dof is the Division of Forestry, but oh uh, no, that's Dsod. I'm sorry. Yes, that I'm yeah, sorry I'm I'm, I'm very sorry for letting that acronym slip in there because uh, that is one that that we live with day in and day out. Oh, okay. Dsod is the Division of Safety of Dams. Uh, and actually, I would have seen it on the slide, except the, the captioning uh, covers yep. it and they didn't capture it there. DSOD is the Division of Safety of Dams, and one of the things that they do is they want to make sure that for all dams in California, all of the appurtenances, uh, the valves, the gates, and everything operate right. Uh, and so this year, uh, they wanted to make sure they got there when uh, the drum gates were actually operating. Mm-hmm. And they were able to do that because we were able to pretty really control how much water was there at the time. So the DSOD inspectors, the Division of Safety of Dam inspectors were there and they got a good satisfactory look at, yep, it's operating right, we like this, this is good. I apologize for letting that that, that acronym slip through.
9: Thank you, I caught it.
8: (laughs) (laughs) I noticed.
0: (laughs) Any other comments or questions? Uh, Public comment, please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of remote public comment on item 7A, please press star 3 to raise your hand to speak. Do you have any members of the public present who wish to make comment on item 7A? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, do you have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, we have two callers in the queue. First caller, you have two minutes. I've unmuted your line.
3: Uh, this is Dave Warner from Palo Alto. I just want to thank Mr. Ritchie for the presentation on Pupinah Valley and for the SFPUC's work, and I hope uh, we can get more of these kind of presentations. Thank you.
2: Thank you for your comments. Next caller, you have two minutes.
5: So Commissioner Francisco Acosta, and uh, I would like um, similarly uh, to know more about the salmon in the Tuolumne River. And I would like, um, whenever we have the presentations on the habitat to include the Native Americans, the Peots, the Miwoks, I want them to be included. It is their land, they are the real stakeholders. Not those other guys who came and put a stake here, put a stake there, and stole the land. So, uh, I know for sure thousands of species are no more in the area. So, at this late date in the year 2022, to make some attempt to restore the habitat is an exercise in futility. And the only people that can speak to that are the indigenous people. And they they can speak to that because they have their heart in the right place. The others do not. They are greedy. And they will speak with a forked tongue which means we cannot trust them. We have to be real now. We have to be real now. We talk about racial equity, we have to be real because if we don't understand what is, we don't know the etymology and we don't understand what is racial equity and similarly critical.
2: Thank you for your comments. Sorry, your time has expired. Madam Secretary, the call queue is clear.
1: Thank you. Public comment on item 7A is closed.
0: Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Maxwell.
9: I'm sorry, Mr. Ritchie, I have one more question, and that is whose habitat are we uh, going to see improved? What what critters, what flying things?
8: Uh, Yes, uh, in terms of uh, habitat improvements, well, the the one that comes to mind particularly uh, are bats. Uh, there, my recollection, and I'll probably get the numbers wrong because I think I saw a different number later, that there are in the Yosemite National Park 17 bats uh, species that have been observed. All 17 exist down in that valley uh, or have been found there. And that's because of the insect population, literally, that, that's there. Uh, and so it's, it's prime habitat for them. So they're a good example of, of somebody who gets benefit there. One of the other things we like to do with those flows is excuse me make sure we're mobilizing gravels uh there uh and so uh that's something that sometimes we've been able to measure i I can give a a sad anecdote about that uh the one way to do it is to to follow what's going on is is to put painted rocks in the river and that way you find you know the orange rock one it started out here and it ended up down there well, we did that in 2017, but unfortunately it was a really big year, so we never found any of the rocks. Mm. Uh, it mobilized everything. Yeah. Uh, so those are the different kinds of things that happen that, that make for a dynamic area. Uh, and then of course there's the trout in the river, but they don't, they don't benefit that much from a peak flow like this. It, it's more the different species. That's what we're trying to do differently is make the, the downstream river behave as much as possible like it used to. Mm-hmm.
9: And, and what would you say, I mean, people always have a very negative attitude toward bats. Um, so what's the benefit of, of, of having the, a, a good Viable bat
8: population. Um, well, you, you would have to ask other people the specifics on that. I, okay, I just, personally have a very good relationship with bats. Oh, I, good. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because um, I, 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 whenever I'm up at uh, Hetch Hetchy in the evenings, they're they're always there and they're yeah. whisking by and they're and they're keeping the insects down around the cottages. I, so, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, they're they're just a, a, a part of the ecosystem. Yeah, and, it's, and they're it's, a good part of it. So, yeah, yeah. All right. it's yeah. one of those things where you, if you tug on one thing here and there, it starts to come apart. So you try to keep it together.
9: Thank you. Part of the balance. Thank you.
0: Okay. Thank you. Any other questions? Seeing none, Mr. Flynn. Um, um, AGM Hale is going to um, present on the California public utilities commission's ruling on the PG and E electric grid valuation.
10: Good afternoon, Commissioners. Barbara Hale, Assistant General Manager for Power. As you know, the city has offered to purchase from PG&E the electric grid assets that they use to serve San Francisco. Um, Paying PG&E for the use of the grid, as we do each year, to the tune of about $19.8 million, has become increasingly untenable as it delays city projects, it increases the cost of providing city services, And it impairs the city's ability to um, implement grid-dependent innovations. You know that PG&E rejected two offers that we made to make a purchase, stating that the price the city offered was too low. So a year ago, we submitted a petition to the California PUC asking them to value the assets. PG&E responded with a motion asking the California PUC to decline to entertain the city's petition. On June 24th, assigned commissioner John Reynolds from the California PUC issued a scoping memo and ruling. It describes the main issues to be addressed and the schedule for review of our petition. That ruling is in your packet uh, and it's linked to the meeting agenda on our website so members of the public can readily access it. The main issues identified there to be addressed by the California PUC in their case are the valuation method to determine the amount of just compensation, the list of assets that would be acquired and included in that valuation, um, then the resulting amount of just compensation that San Francisco should pay to acquire PG&E assets, any costs in addition to the asset costs, including whether severance damages should be paid and the amount, whether the petition aligns with the general uh, goals of the California PUC's environmental and social justice action plan. And um, it invites arguments in briefs on the scope and timing of the California PUC's jurisdiction to approve sales of utility assets. And that's specific to their jurisdiction under a, a PU code section 851. While the ruling states that uh, PG&E's motion to decline to entertain the petition is still under review, uh, the California PUC is moving forward. The ruling establishes an 18-month schedule and anticipates a final decision on our petition by the close of 2023. So steady progress. Thank you for the opportunity to report on that today.
0: Thank you, any any questions for Ms. Hale? Thank you, I think you you covered it well. Uh, Public comment please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of remote public comment specifically on item 7B, please press star three to raise your hand to speak. Do you have any members of the public present who wish to make comment on item 7B? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, do you have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, we do have one caller in the queue. Caller, I've admitted your line. You have two minutes.
5: let's just go to Costa uh, Would it be too much for the public to know uh, about a needs assessment on this uh, high powered line that we are acquiring? And uh, how would it be maintained by uh, SSPUC? Uh, and uh, could we get some report if we do have? I know we should have in some areas closer to the uh, closer to the HHC Reservoir uh, high-powered lines. Um, how are we faring with the maintenance and? Um, Uh, And I want to know that uh, in an eventuality of a fire affecting our high-powered lines, what do we have in place? And I also want to know if we have plans to have the high-powered lines underground, and we want a presentation, and how much will that cost? And um, there are some more questions. Uh, there are more technical questions, and I will ask the, those questions uh, next time. It is very easy to acquire something, but it's another thing to maintain it and maintain standards with quality, high-powered electricians.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you for your comments. Madam secretary, the call queue is clear.
1: Thank you. Public comment on item 7B is closed.
0: Thank you. Mr. Flynn. Thank you. This concludes the general manager's report for this week. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Next item please.
1: Next item is item 8, new commission business.
0: Commissioner, is there any new business for the commission? Seeing none, next item please.
1: Item 9 is your consent calendar.
0: Commissioners any items that you would like removed from the consent calendar. Seeing none public comment please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make 2 minutes of remote public comment on item 9 the consent calendar please press star 3 to raise your hand to speak. Are there any members of the public present who wish to provide comment on item 9. Seeing none Mr. Moderator do you have any callers with their hands raised.
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers in
1: the queue. Thank you. Public comment on the consent calendar is closed.
0: Thank you. And commissioners, can I have a motion and a second? Moved to, uh, to approve. Moved and seconded, roll call.
1: President Wren? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Paulson? Aye. You have three ayes.
0: And the consent calendar is adopted. Next item, please.
1: Um, As I mentioned at the beginning of the meeting, item 10 has been removed from the agenda and will be rescheduled to the meeting of August 23rd. Your next item is item 11, adopt findings declaring a surplus to the utility needs of the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission, approximately 21,651 square feet of underused unimproved agricultural property, designated as portion of SFPC partial 57 located in an unincorporated area of Alameda County owned by the city Sanf- County of San Francisco under the jurisdiction of the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission Recommend to the Board of Supervisors the approval of the agreement for sell their real estate and temporary construction easements with the state of California Department of Transportation for the sale and purchase of approximately 21,651 square feet of unimproved land fee and and approximately 33,758 square feet of temporary construction easements in easement interest in SFPC parcel 57 for a total purchase price of 24,528 and authorize the city's director of real property and or the SFPC general manager to execute deeds conveying fee and easement interest in the property to Caltrans and authorize the general manager to execute the agreement upon approval from the board of supervisors and mayor, Mr. Bardo.
11: Good afternoon, Commissioners. Tony Bardo, PUC Real Estate. Uh, The City, through its Public Utilities Commission, owns unimproved agricultural land along State Route 84, which is also known as Niles Canyon Road, um, designated as SFPUC Parcel 57. Can I have the slides, please? The map you see there um, shows, depicts parcel 57 and the location of the Alameda Creek Bridge. In this item before you, Caltrans proposes to replace the Alameda Creek Bridge to correct structural deficiencies and to realign the Eastern and Western approaches to the bridge. This project is one of several Caltrans projects in the area Um, THAT FOCUS ON UPGRADING NILES CANYON ROAD TO EXPRESSWAY STANDARDS. YOU MAY RECALL LAST YEAR WE BROUGHT TO THE COMMISSION um, A HIGHWAY WIDENING PROJECT AT THE INTERSECTION OF SR 84 AND I-680. TODAY WE BRING THIS BRIDGE PROJECT AND IN THE WEEKS TO COME YOU'LL SEE A NILES CANYON SAFETY IMPROVEMENT PROJECT WHERE CALTRANS INTENDS TO MAKE SAFETY IMPROVEMENTS AT SPOT LOCATIONS ON NILES CANYON from Fremont in the west to Sunola in the east. In this particular project, Caltrans seeks to acquire roughly 21,651 square feet to realign the bridge approaches and approximately 33,758 square feet for contemporary construction easements. Oh, this didn't work very well. Um, this, THIS MAP HERE DEPICTS THE FOUR PARCELS THAT ARE BEING CONVEYED. THE PARCELS BOUND, I DON'T KNOW HOW TO ADJUST THE IMAGE, BUT I'LL JUST LEAVE IT AT THAT. <laughs> um, IT DEPICTS THE FOUR PARCELS, TWO FEE PARCELS AND TWO easement, CONSTRUCTION EASEMENT PARCELS. CALTRANS MADE A GOVERNMENT CODE OFFER FOR THE CITY PROPERTY AND CALTRANS STAFF APPRAISERS APPRAISED THE property as of April 2021 at 24,528. And the city's director of real property approved that appraisal on June 17, 2021. The Caltrans staff appraisal was updated recently as of April 2022 and Caltrans appraisers determined that there was no change in its original value conclusion of 24,528. And in closing, staff respectfully ask the commission to adopt findings that the real property is surplus land and exempt surplus land pursuant to California Surplus Lands Act. Determine that a competitive bidding process for the conveyance of city's property um, is impractical and not in the public interest in this case in accordance with section 23.3 of the Admin Code. Recommend to the Board of Supervisors the approval of the sale agreement. Um, of real estate and temporary construction easements with Caltrans for a total price of $24,528. Authorize the general manager upon approval by the Board of Supervisors to execute the sale agreement. And finally, affirm the planning department's determination under CEQA and adopt the findings required by 15091 of the CEQA guidelines previously adopted by Caltrans with respect to this project. And that is it. Are there any questions?
0: Thank you, Commissioner Paulson.
12: So I have uh, thanks for your presentation, um, and I understand the dynamics and the law, and you know, and how this moves forward. Um, I, you know, I mean, this is not, you know, a very large, you know, bunch of pieces in here. But you know, anytime you get rid of, you know. The people's land so to speak when we own the public land and it goes someplace else um, you know there's always you know a red flag that goes up even something small so just in nuts and bolts words why you know what is the benefit to everything of us giving this um, selling this land for you know buck eighty
11: well so the the important thing here is the state of california has the power of eminent domain and they they intend to make these highway improvements to state route 84 and we are selling these um parcels to them in lieu of a um so
12: there's a threat of eminent demand that would always be there even in something as small as this and therefore it's definitely uh, but the but the goodness is is that this is we there's no reason to believe that this isn't um, just you know, good public policy to help you know infrastructure and transportation and, and right. Whatever. There's there's no um, downside to that to that piece of the policy, correct?
11: Um, well, I don't so understand sell, state highway sell, policy, but yeah. <laughs> but I think improving. So they're they're basically trying to upgrade State Route 84 right. so cars can move along that road at a at a faster pace, and so they're basically making a number of safety improvements, replacing this bridge. Making the approaches to the bridge safer, because to accommodate a, a heavier flow, a faster flow of traffic on SR 84. So, so I so think help that helps.
12: transportation, and no skin off our teeth, and any big yes. number is like yes, the policy formula that we're acting on, despite the rules and the yes. the technical threat, which I don't don't even know if it's a threat. I mean, I mean you know, taking, you know, eminent domain is a threat in, in, in many uh, coming out of different words. So I think I've, I think you've answered, uh, okay. the general questions, but it's, you give away public land, you know, why? Right. And that was the crux of my
0: question. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Maxwell.
9: You. Yes. Um,
0: oh, sorry. Thank
9: you. Um, well, so where does the money go? I mean, that 24,000, well, it goes into a pot and then.
11: SO THESE ARE WATER DEPARTMENT ASSETS, AND SO THEY WILL GO INTO A WATER DEPARTMENT FUND.
9: OKAY, AND IS THAT FUND um, SPECIFIED? IS IT FOR OTHER LAND? IS IT FOR...
11: WELL, it, IT WON'T BE FOR THE PURCHASE OF OTHER LAND. THIS IS A PRETTY SMALL AMOUNT. Yes, I, understand. I HAVE TO CONFESS, I DON'T KNOW EXACTLY WHAT FUND it will IT WILL REST. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a water department asset, so it'll be a water department yeah, fund.
9: Yeah, I, I understand it's not a lot, but you know yeah. it accumulates, so there might be another um, amount.
0: Right. Um, Commissioner hey. Ma- Maxwell, if, if, if I could, it, it does go back into the water department's general fund, and that money isn't spent until it's appropriated, and this commission then puts it back into, so it goes into fund balance until it... Um, until it gets, you know, appropriated for later fund. use. Yes, okay. not to the general fund, not to the no, city's no, general fund.
9: No, but to our general fund. To the water, water
0: to the water Yes. Great. Thank
9: you. Thank you for that. Thank
0: you. Yeah, And I just had a question on the, on the maps that were presented. There's uh, the plot that's outlined in red. Um, and what we're selling here is a very small portion. Just of little pieces. Just a little tiny bit like there's the dot up toward the top. That's
11: one of the small pieces. Yeah. I wish I could have shown the the second map. It, it's it it blew up too much on the screen, and I can't I can't show you the small parcels um, that are shown in that second map. But these are very small pieces. Okay. They're just little pieces of that big magenta area outlined.
0: Okay. Thank you. Okay. Any other questions? Seeing none. Public comment, please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of remote public comment on item 11, please press star 3 to raise your hand to speak. Do you have any members of the public present who wish to comment on item 11? See none, Mr. Moderator, do we have any callers with your hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers in the queue for this item.
1: Thank you. Public comment on item 11 is closed.
0: All right, then uh, without... Further comments, a motion and a second, please.
1: Move to approve.
0: Second. Moved and seconded. Roll call. President Moran. Aye.
1: Commissioner Maxwell. Aye. Commissioner Paulson. Aye. And you have three ayes.
0: And item 11 is adopted. Next item, please.
1: Item. Next item is item number 12, determine that subject to the environmental review and necessary governmental approvals. Limited shoreline fishing by the public can occur without affecting the purity and safety for drinking and domestic purposes of the water collected in the Calaveras Reservoir and authorize a general manager to A, develop the terms and conditions of a proposed fishing program at Calaveras Reservoir, B, obtain the planning department's review of that program under the California Environmental Quality Act, C, requests an amendment to the drinking water permit for the state office drinking water, State Office of Drinking Water, and D, present to this commission proposed amendments to the 2000 Alameda Watershed Management Plan to allow limited public shoreline fishing.
0: Thank you, Mr. Ramirez, welcome.
13: Good afternoon, commissioners. Tim Ramirez, division manager for natural resources and lands management. Several years ago, we were contacted by an individual who asked about fishing in Calaveras Reservoir. responded and suggested that of all the reasons that he provided there might be one that would um, garner further attention and discussion that person never responded uh, to me directly but did sue us and as a consequence we're here today Uh, under a court order we have a deadline to make a preliminary determination that we could provide access for public fishing at calaveras reservoir without jeopardizing drinking and water quality and so we're not proposing to do that today what we're proposing to do is to make that preliminary determination conditional a couple of things happening namely three things uh, two before we do the third we would have to amend the alameda watershed management plan our alameda watershed management plan does not allow public access or fishing at calaveras reservoir right now we would also need to amend the CEQA document that goes with that watershed management plan and go through an analysis with city planning to consider all the potential impacts and implications of providing access uh, and fishing in the reservoir. We would also need to amend our drinking water permit with the state, which doesn't allow for public access or fishing right now in the reservoir. Those two things are in front of us. We have not begun either one of those processes yet. After we navigated both of those, we would need to come back and budget and plan and prepare a project to construct or in this case, make some minor improvements to allow public access safely in a way that did minimize uh, the impacts on the environment and to drinking and water quality. As staff, we feel like this could be done, which is why the recommendation is before you today. And what we proposed um, as a place to start is what we think is um, minimal in terms of the potential impacts and implications. So it'd be shoreline fishing only Be restricted to reservation like we do on hiking on the peninsula watershed now for the ridge trail there'd be no boats on the reservoir and people would have to follow the regulations published by the state that restricts what they're able to do when they do fish we don't regulate fishing we just regulate access we're the landowner and the state regulates fishing as proposed currently in the fishing regulations for california as as luck would have it unfortunately a couple of years ago they were amended um, and in those regulations it describes Calaveras Reservoir as open to fishing, uh, granted barbless hooks and you cannot keep any trout that you might catch. And this was done, we were told by the state because they wa- wanted to further restrict fishing in the reservoirs. Before they made that change there's a, was, there's a section in the regulations that generally says if you have a reservoir it's open to fishing. And of course, we don't provide access. We never have for the public to fish at Calaveras Reservoir. So when they changed those regulations, the staff thought they were making it more restrictive. Up and downstream of the reservoir in the Alameda Creek watershed, currently in those same regulations, no fishing is allowed anywhere. And that was done to protect the native trout population, including the trout that are in Calaveras Reservoir. These are landlocked steelhead, Arrancus micus, that if they were allowed, would be able to go to the bay and then to the ocean and come back as adults. And that happens now downstream of our reservoirs, and we release water from Calaveras to support that population. There are fish in the reservoir that have been demonstrated to have genetic integrity and history that are really important to protect in the watershed and also to potentially use and to reestablish a larger population in the watershed. We've been very mindful of this for, for years, for decades which is why we've been uh, working with uh, other agencies, our neighbors and nonprofit organizations and the resource agencies to do what we can to protect this population. Nonetheless, other fish live in the reservoir also and the matter is before you today. Um, that's the, the short version of this story. It's a very long story. It's a little complicated, but I'd be happy to answer questions if anybody has any.
0: Thank you, Commissioner Paulson.
12: So. So if we took action on on this today, does that preclude us from, you know, other inquiries as to the, you know, the fragility of, you know, the the system? I mean, nothing else could be added if it's like, well, there's unintended consequences that we didn't foresee as we do this exploration.
13: We would need to present, uh, what you have in the agenda packet is a proposed project description. Yes. we would finalize that description we would take it to the planning department and we would ask them to consider what kind of sequel analysis would need to be done and then they would need to run that process and once they navigated it the matter would return here to this commission to amend the watershed plan and to consider taking an action so this is all going to come back before anything happens
12: but as of right now this is as deep as you think the inquiry and the, um, the changes could be, you, you don't anticipate anything else that could be added to this at this particular
9: time?
13: Anything's possible along the way, um, but I think most of the interest that we're aware of from the public at this point is to protect the resource right. and to not increase the magnitude of the potential impact. So we started small by design very consciously to be mindful of the concern that we know people have. Um, so it could change along the way. We would not propose to change it to make it less restrictive.
12: Um, Well, that wasn't the point of my question. The point was is that, you know, if all of a sudden, you know, in particular since there doesn't seem to be any guidance from the person who is suing us, you know, even though there was a reach out, that, you know, this is a technical matter, so I'm asking a technical question. Is there some way in which we could add on to this thing to do further protections if something else came up? And you're saying that this is, as far as we can think, the best thing to present. And, and that does kind of circle our, our ship is you know for the last time, so to speak, despite what we get back.
13: Correct. But other folks have good ideas, including our commissioners. So we're happy to take comments along the way. We haven't started the official public comment process yet. There are many individuals and organizations that have strong feelings about this. And I'm sure we'll hear from them as well. They might have good ideas or bad ideas. It depends on your perspective, I suppose, that would need to be considered. What you have in front of you is just from your staff, um, and it's what we think we could do that would be protective of drinking water quality and the resources.
12: Is the, would you feel there's an urgency that we act on this today?
13: I think our city attorney would suggest that because we have to bring this back to the court by September 1st, and got they've it. asked us to bring it to your attention today.
12: Because of the, the Correct. request date on the suit and everything. OK, got it. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Any other comments or questions? Seeing none, public comment, please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of remote public comment on item number 12, please press star three to raise your hand to speak. Do you have any members of the public present who wish to provide comment on item 12? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, do you have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, we do have two callers in the queue. First caller, go ahead, You have two minutes.
5: So first and foremost, when it comes to our, the purity and safety of our drinking water, we have to take uh, the highest standards into consideration. So how does the gentleman define limited shoreline fishing. And if he can define it, then uh, how does he propose that uh, providing certain amenities to the fishermen? I won't go into detail. It is perplexing and confounding when people know or should know that we have limited resources where we have clean drinking water. And that they want to go there and fish. And who is going to prevent some knuckleheads dumping something into uh, the Calaveras Lake or dam or reservoir. Times have changed. Times have changed. And um, as far as I know, the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission has a safety officer. And what we need is a commander. A commander like a um, emergency management commander who can do a new assessment as to all of the infringements that can come with our knuckleheads and our crazies that would love to go and contaminate.
2: Sorry, your time has expired. Caller, you have two minutes.
4: Hi, um, this is Jeff Miller. I'm the director of the Alameda Creek Alliance. Um, good afternoon, commissioners. Um, we've been working with um, 23 years with the PUC and other water and land management agencies, as well as local state fly fishing groups to restore steelhead trout in the Alameda watershed. And the main concern is potential impacts on the landlocked trout in the reservoir. Um, this is a genetically valuable population, as you heard. That may actually be used to restore steelhead trout to watershed areas below the dam. And I also want to point out before the PUC makes a decision on fishing, just know that the California Fish and Game Commission is going to have to act on a formal petition we submitted that would change the state fishing regulations and would close both SFPUC reservoirs in the watershed to trout fishing. Um, we sent seven. And we ask that if there is going to be fishing in Calaveras, that it be extremely limited in terms of access, supervision, the species that can be fished, and gear. Um, there should absolutely not be any fishing allowed for landlocked trout. Even catch and release fishing can have impact. Um, fishing, fishing would be um, more desirable if it was non-native fish species, such as bass, which would help control uh, this predatory invasive species. Um, we think you should require the presence of SFPs FF, uh, when, when there's fishing to prevent poaching and enforce fishing limits, and require anglers to check in and register their catch. Um, this is kind of a no-brainer, but we don't think you should allow any toxic fishing weight for both human safety and to prevent poisoning of wildlife. And you received an email from aquatic biologist Sarah Kupferberg on the potential impacts of allowing fishing in terms of spreading diseases and introducing invasive species. I'll just uh, finish by saying I, I'm proposing that it might be time to collectively consider whether the Upper Almond Creek watershed um, should be designated as a wildlife refuge similar to Crystal Springs on the peninsula. Um, this is an area that has unique and irreplaceable natural ecosystems and numerous sensitive wildlife species.
2: Sorry, caller, your time has expired.
0: Secretary, the sorry, call queue is clear.
1: Thank you. Public comment. Item 12 is closed.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, any comments or questions by the Commission? Seeing none, uh, a motion and a second, please. Move, Move item to 12, second. Moved and seconded. Uh, roll call, please. Chris Moran? Aye. Commissioner
1: Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Paulson?
0: Aye.
1: You have three ayes.
0: Okay, thank you. Um, that concludes our business for today. Uh, We will not have regularly scheduled meetings uh, on July 26th and August 9th, uh, giving everybody a chance to recover a little bit uh, from this busy year. Uh, And with that, our meeting is adjourned.